Hello, everybody. It's good to talk to you after this long holiday season. We really haven't been on much between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we took a little break. And it sounds like a break, but wait until you hear everything that we did. There was a little break. It was a big trip. Yeah, it was a big trip. So let's go back to Thanksgiving to start. Um, because I want to talk a little bit about something that I think most grandparents can relate to. And that is that we have been relegated to a spoke on the wheel instead of the hub of the wheel. And I say relegated, but we chose this, right? I think so. Uh, after so many years of doing all of the work and most of the cooking and much of the hosting mm -hmm. and none of the traveling, we're just putting the shoe on the other foot. That's all it is. I guess. It just feels so different. It is so, especially, I think, for me. Especially for you. Yeah. You know, we moved from Indiana to Virginia, and one of the hardest things for me of that move was that we sold our large kitchen table that would accommodate 14 to 16 people. It was the hub of the whole kitchen. It was everything. It was practical and symbolic. Yeah. It had a... It, it was hard to let that go because I knew that that meant the end of having it's well, the end of an era. And, you know, we moved into a little uh, a townhouse that is plenty big for us. But we have a little round table with four chairs and we have a bar with four stools. So at the very most, we can accommodate eight people if people want to sit but and, not, not everybody facing each other not the no, kind right. of not the kind of love in the air sort of sharing that happens with a big meal of a lot of people yeah and having all i used to love it that we had most of the grandchildren around with us we also had a window seat where we had another table and the kids could all talk and i just missed that and i i knew that that was going to be the end and it, it was a grief it was definitely a little bit of a grief so let me tell you about thanksgiving we had uh all of our children, except for one set who couldn't come. And of course, that's always a little sad. But it all started with, um, you know, the change so that uh, one of our daughters who has a much, she and her husband have a much larger home than we do that's here in town. Um, she became the, she's the eldest, and she became the kind of hub of the wheel all of a sudden. And so she sent out an email. And that was the first moment when I realized I'm not the hub of the wheel. <laughs> a coordinating email, a logistics yes. email. Who's and bringing was, what? What time is... Exactly. What? When things are going to happen. And this is something I've always done. You know, I've sent it out. I've sent out a, a list of everything and how we're going to do and where we're going to sleep and, you know, what activities we have planned. And I looked at it and I thought, oh my gosh, it's over for me. You know, I, I, of course they did say, if you have any input, if you want to say anything, you know, feel free. But it was just different because it wasn't coming from me. <laughs> it was just the first of many things I realized was not going to come from me. And then... You know, I took on quite a bit of the cooking because I thought, oh, I can I can do this. And, you know, I'm here. So, you know, six, seven, eight dishes. I can do that. Thanksgiving has not been a simple meal. It's always had lots of sides and lots of other stuff and traditional things. So, um, you know, I, I thought, why not? I'll make grandmother's rolls and I'll make miracle salad and all these funny names that we have for things. And I'll do this and I'll do that. And then I realized that 
as I was doing them, I was in my kitchen in a very small space, trying to do what I used to do in a very large space, and disaster kind of followed me through the whole, <laughs> through the whole cooking ex, the whole cooking experience. It, it was in, terrible. It involved the floor. <laughs> yeah, things falling on the floor. Um, it involved uh, almost starting a fire in our new gas stove because I didn't really know exactly what I was doing, and I was trying to cook uh, chicken pot pie, and I didn't have all of the um, pans to go underneath the chicken pot pie to catch all the drippings. There was smoke. There was smoke. There was there a was smoke a alarm. Fire alarm. The whole thing. And by the time it was all over, I was bringing, you know, we were filling up the back of the car with all this stuff, transferring it to her house. Um, my whole, you know, hair, clothes, everything smelled like we'd been in a fire. <laughs> Like, you know, and I was just trying to keep it together, but I, I had a really hard time. It was really hard for me to keep it together. I was almost in tears um, at one point because when I had to go back to do the chicken pot pie, I had to leave the rolls for my daughters to roll out and cut and roll them out, cut them and put them on these cookie sheets. And while I trust them, I couldn't be there. So I was like, oh my goodness, I'm leaving the rolls to them and I have to go do something else and I hope they all turn out okay. And I sound terribly controlling, don't I? I'm not I'm not gonna go there because <laughs> be, because it's been your responsibility for yeah. all these years. You don't have a different mode of, of operating. Yeah. If this was the year for you to figure that out. Yeah. And you learned a lot. I did. I really did. And you know, the consequences of selling the big house and moving has have really it kind of hit me at Thanksgiving. So I don't know if our listening audience, if any of you experienced that this year. Ideally, you or anybody who's going through what what we've been through mm -hmm. should find a way to give yourself extra grace because it is a big transition and it, it came at you in unexpected ways. Mm -hmm. So as as frustrating as it was. You deserve a little grace for that. Oh, thanks. Well, and I and you know the kids were very gracious, and they they rec I think they recognized that I was kind of on the edge. Not I don't really have a temper, but I was on the edge in terms of like feeling like things weren't really flowing yeah. smoothly. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and just as a way to uh, put a punctuation mark on it, did not one of the adult children question whether or not she'd want to do this again? Because well, there was so things, much work. Certain things, you know, when we were doing certain activities. And I think what really hit home for the girls was how much they need the husbands to be helping. And if any of the husbands decided not to help, that became more important now because they have more responsibility. So, <laughs> okay, fair point. You know, I mean, it's taken us years as a couple to figure out. You know, you got to go get the chairs and you got to set up another table and you got to do all this. You have a lot of responsibilities. Yeah. And um, if you're sitting on your bottom in a chair and a couch, that that was really hard for me as the hostess. So you learned how to do all that stuff. And I think the husbands of our children are now having to figure that out. Um, and, you know, it, as it goes, they will get better at it and they will take on more responsibility. Maybe at some point we can sit down and just... <laughs> watch it all happen. I don't know. But at this point, we're still involved. I don't know if any of you feel this way. I think you must. But um, 
When all of your children and your grandchildren are in your home overnight, there's this sense of peace that just kind of flows when you lie down at night and all of your loved ones are just in the same house and they're all sleeping. There, there's nothing like it. It gave me such joy for the years that that was the case. And when, you know, on the end of the day on Thanksgiving, we got in the car and we came back to our town home and all of the children and all of the grandchildren who were visiting were all in that big house over there. And I'll tell you, it was just a little bit sad. It was a grief. It really was a grief for me. But I was reading a book about letting go. And I think one of the things you have to do is you have to hold it tight and feel the feelings before you can actually let go. Sure. So that's kind of what I'm doing. The idea behind all of this is that there are so there's such a myriad of feelings that goes on during the holidays for us this year. And part of it was relief that we weren't responsible to do all the stuff. Part of it was resignation that we were resigned to the fact that we are not the hub of the wheel anymore. And part of it was grief, a literal grief. And and I was also experiencing another grief at the same time. Um, I mean, it's not positive that we won't have another grandchild, but we had our newest grandchild in November, number 11. And um, they have not said for sure they're not going to have any children, but they probably won't. And so like the thought of that being our last grandbaby during this holiday season was kind of also a grief that you have to go through as a grandparent. It's like the baby stage is almost over. The same kind of grief you go through when you have babies and you know that's your last one. I don't know. Do you feel that? I empathize with people, with grandparents who do feel that way, parents and grandparents who are especially fond of and keen of and work really well with very tiny babies. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing like holding a tiny baby who's a member of your family, mm -hmm. whether it's your child or your grandchild or someone else's child. There's nothing like that. It's a it's a lovely moment and, and really a gift. Um, but uh, I generally do better with kids that are a little older. Mm -hmm. And so I know that I am at my least effective when the children are the youngest. Yeah. And I probably feel the opposite. Uh -huh. Although I just love children at all stages. So, yeah. but I just adore the, the baby stage and having them right up against your neck and feeling them breathe and feeling the weight of them and when they're newborn babies, which, you know, that's just part of it that goes so fast. It comes and goes quickly. Then between Thanksgiving and Christmas, like the weekend before Christmas, we went to New York City to see our grandchildren who um, live there. And that was an <laughs> interesting That, that was madness. Okay, go ahead. Talk well, about it. Well, the crowds were very, very large. Mm. And, um, you know, we were out. We, we tried to visit some of the touristy places at hours when we didn't think many people were going to be there. And at 6.15 in the morning, there are buses that were unloading tourists at Rockefeller Plaza. Mm. Uh, but still, it still was pretty It was better. Sparse. It was better. It was great. At that point. Yeah. Uh, it filled up a lot later in the day. We we went to a couple of venues, Bryant Park and oh, the and couldn't the, walk. 
and the Macy's department store to stand in line for almost an hour to see Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> what you won't do for your grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even realize that you had to make reservations to go see Santa Claus. Fortunately, our daughter did. So she made a reservation and we got to see Santa Claus for all of what, four minutes. But it was still kind of a fun um classic experience. Um, yeah, the really uh, you you have declared to me that on the train home that you would never go to New York City at that time of the year, right? Uh, well, again, New York City's not my favorite place. Yeah, and all of our family knows this. <laughs> I've I've had some real challenges in the past dealing mm-hmm. with parking and automobiles and crowd densities and mm-hmm. all kinds of things that uh, they just. The juice is not worth the squeeze for me when it comes to New York City. <laughs> Speaking of juice, we saw we we had a wonderful breakfast there in New York City, and we stayed in a hotel that was three times the cost because it was December fifteenth. But it was lovely. We had some. They had a machine that made the juice. That was awesome. Yeah. Now on that three times the cost thing, you know, we came from Indianapolis, mm-hmm. where around the Indy five hundred. Hotel rooms go for three times the cost, and there's a four-night minimum. So it's not like we're not accustomed to that. Yeah. But we lived there. We didn't have to do the hotels there when <laughs> we lived there. And so to be hit smack dab in the wallet yeah. with this pricing policy was yet again another reason that I'm not interested in New York in December. Yeah, yeah. There are other times we can go see our grandchildren there. But I do have to say that 6 o'clock in the morning, seeing the Saks Fifth Avenue windows, the Macy's windows, the Rockefeller Plaza, all of those things, that was pretty magical. So then we did that, and then we came back on the train, and we waited a few more days. I picked up COVID, like within a few days coming back. No surprise. We were on subways. We were on a lot of different kinds of transportation and everything was packed. So I came back with COVID, um, rested for four or five days, um, then got to the point where, you know, everybody was like, you're okay. You know, COVID, it's a whole different thing now, right? And our family here was like, you're okay, you can come. So we spent Christmas Eve um, with them and then had stayed overnight at their house, my our daughter's house. I had made cardamom bread, which is one of our traditions, and we got to watch them open their presents, and that was really fun. And then, what, two, three days later, hopefully by then I wasn't shedding any COVID, even if I tested positive, but I didn't even test because we were told what? That after about 10 days in some hospitals... Uh, they just assume that you're no longer contagious and that you're free to roam about the cabin, so to speak. <laughs> so off we go to Indianapolis, drop off our car, stay there for overnight, and we fly from Indianapolis to Denver so we can see the new baby and her brother. So we got to hang out in Denver for like five days and do all the stuff and be with them over the Christmas holidays. And that was fun. And then fly back to Indianapolis, and then spend the Epiphany holiday. And for those of you who don't know what Epiphany is... It's basically the 12th day of Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, but it's celebrated consistently on the 6th of January. Mm-hmm. And it marks the, the, um, the celebration of the time when the wise men brought gifts to the, to the baby Jesus. 
or if you're from Greece, it apparently marks the time when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. I learned that at the Children's Museum in Indianapolis when I went to the Greek uh, exhibit. So that was kind of interesting. But anyway, we, we have always, we've celebrated Epiphany for years with our children with the thought that someday they would have in-laws and they would want to celebrate Christmas with them and we could celebrate Epiphany with our children. So that's kind of how that worked out. And it was it's really a lovely holiday for us because it's like we give the grandkids presents and it's we go out for breakfast and it's just a wonderful little treat. So we've established the problem I have with peak <laughs> well, this is kind of off-peak. Yeah, it's great. We used it when I was uh, younger. We had younger children. We didn't do anything until after Christmas. And then we would shop and we'd do all sorts of stuff, get all the good deals. It was great. <laughs> Back when they were after Christmas sales. Yeah. That, yeah, things have changed a little less, bit. Less of that. Yeah. So anyway, that was what we did um, over Christmas and then came back. And so we were able to check off having seen all of our grandchildren within about a three and a half week period. And I was just about to say, so what have we learned? <laughs> what have this? we learned? <laughs> we, <laughs> we have learned that that's a, a bit too much. Um, yeah. So we probably won't do that again. We'll try to spread it out a little bit more, spread the love because we, uh, you know, the holiday season is crazy. We don't want it to be crazy. Fortunately, we finished all of our travels on January 7th. And, you know, we're getting off the highway at a time when the worst of the winter weather is more likely to happen. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen in December. Mm -hmm. It's just more likely to happen in January. Mm -hmm. So are we going to go to New York in January instead? I mm, doubt it. Yeah. Are we going to go in November? That's a possibility. Yeah. Are we going to miss seeing the tree and the windows? Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm I okay think once that. every... About oh, five or ten years, you can do that. You don't need to do it any other time. You can FaceTime me from there. Yeah, there you go. But it was a fun holiday and an exhausting holiday. And I would love to hear what you all do for your holidays because um, I, I just love to hear what people consider a fun time, you know? And I always take notes because I think, oh, maybe that would be fun. And these times often have challenges. And we'd like to hear about your challenges and how you overcome those. the near future, we are going to be setting up a new offering. We haven't quite pulled it all together yet, but in the new year, I think we're going to have something that kind of resembles a group Zoom call. Is that how you'd say it was? Sure. And what it would be is probably maximum 30 people. And we would have a subject and I would email you a couple questions beforehand and any other kind of references or anything that we think might be helpful in the conversation. And we'll have a conversation with you. And I think we're going to call it uh, Speakeasy. And, you know, of course, Speakeasies, you know what those are. But this is kind of a chance for grandparents only to talk about things that they feel uncomfortable talking about in public or with friends or with family. You know, we were just talking to a friend of ours and she said, you know, I can't really say anything to my friends because they know my children and they might, it might get back to my children and I don't want them to know how I really feel about certain things. So this is kind of the idea is kind of a little bit of a private conversation 
with other grandparents to talk about certain issues. You know, ever since you started the podcast in 2019, you've wanted to use it as a way to build community. Mm -hmm. So this is a way with a little bit more um, forward effort to literally create communities that will that will guide online as a as a way of sharing thoughts and sharing ideas and mm -hmm. sharing feelings as well. Yeah. I am very excited to see what that means. And we will be letting you know as we get more information about it and we'll see what happens. Speakeasy, huh? Speakeasy. You, mm -hmm. I couldn't convince you to call it the Grand Life Clubhouse. <laughs> it's like Mouseketeers or something. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we talked a long time about what it should be, but I think Speakeasy is really cool because it's very, you know, when we even saw one in New York City, a Speakeasy where it looked like there was a curtain and you had to actually like open the curtain and then they'd let you in. And thought that was a confessional of the Catholic Church. <laughs> Well, you know, it might work like a confessional. We'll just have to see what happens with this community of grandparents. And we would be happy for it to be grandparents, both male and female. Um, Mike and I will be there to talk with you and hear what you have to say about certain issues. And we will just, you know, publish those issues so you'll know what they are. So think about it. Let us know what you think about it. Uh, you can always leave a voicemail for us at 317-572-7876. Or you can write to us at Grand Life Connection, all one word, at gmail.com. In addition, if you want to, you can write on Facebook and say what you think about it. By the way, I did want to say thank you to a few of you who posted pictures of your grandchildren during Christmas with matching PJs. And, you know, I love that. I love to see what you, you guys are all up It's to. great fun. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And thanks for joining us in Living the Grand Life. Next time on The Grand Life. There are huge sections of the art world and the music world that are going to tell you where society is at in the moment. And if you're going to always remain too young to be old, you've got to touch those really important societal buttons. That's next time on The Grand Life.